This is Children's Health Checkup, where we answer parents' most common questions about raising healthy and happy kids. I'm Bill Klaproth, and on this episode, we put common football injuries under the microscope with our expert Jeff Baggett, certified athletic trainer and outreach program manager at the Children's Health Andrews Institute for Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. And we'll be talking to Jeff about common football injuries and prevention. Jeff, thanks for your time. So what are the most common football injuries we should know about? Well, you're looking at a at a unique injury profile for uh, each individual sport. Football specifically, you're looking at a lot of injuries that revolve around specific joints, so knees, ankle, shoulder, head and neck, spine or low back. Those are the most common that we typically see. Right. And how do these injuries vary by age? I would imagine as a young person grows, these injuries do kind of change. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, our younger youth age... Um, Their injury profile is a little bit different than what we would experience from a more mature athlete. Um, You're looking at higher velocities, more immediate or acute injuries that result in more damage typically in the older athlete as compared to to the younger youth. So their injury profile is a little less, more chronic injuries, more overuse, things that we can work on here in the clinic um, to try and address, hopefully, before they become an issue. Right. All right. So let's take each of these body parts, if you will, specifically one by one. So you mentioned knees. When it comes to football, that's what we all think of right away. So can you talk about the range of knee injuries that are common among football players? Sure. So you have a, a multitude of soft tissue injuries as well as structural injuries as well. Um, So you can occasionally see fractures of different types. Um, Then you also start to see the collateral. So the ACL, LCL, MCL, they're all sort of susceptible with the addition of the PCL, um, which is a little less frequent, but we do see. Um, And so each of them work on the overall structure of the knee itself and its placement from one bone to the other. And so depending on the direction of stress, which ligament will be damaged. Um, I will say, though, they are rare, but they do happen. Right. Absolutely. Certainly in a, in a high-impact sport like football. So then what about ankles? That, too, comes to mind when it comes to football. Sure. Very common. Um, we see a lot of ankle injuries, and so they, they vary in severity. Um, we typically grade them one to three, three being the most significant injury. Um, And we see a whole bunch of different versions of that. Uh, And there's a a lot of different ways that you can get yourself into trouble, specifically with the foot and the ankle. Uh, Again, not terribly common, but one of the more common injuries that we see. The good news is that is uh, a very treatable injury and one that typically does not result in surgery. Okay, that's good to know. So moving up the body, if you will, let's talk about shoulder and arm injuries. Yeah, so the injury profile has changed a little bit now with some rule changes in football. Um, We're starting to see a little bit more uh, higher frequency in the upper extremity injuries. So the same basic overall injury profile, but we're seeing more of them. So more clavicle injuries, more AC joint, shoulder, elbow, things that we saw a a little smaller volume in have now sort of peaked. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with the change in coaching as well as the the change in, in rules. 
That's an interesting point you're making about upper body injuries as tackling has changed to address the head injury issue. More kids are, you know, leading with the shoulder and doing heads up tackling, which we all agree is a very good thing because we need to be watchful of head injuries. But that's probably why you're seeing more shoulder and upper body injuries. Is that right? Yes, sir. They, uh, there is a little more exposure to the, uh, to the arm and upper extremity because you are avoiding contact with the head and neck area, which I think we can all agree is, is probably a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah, and so we do see some concussions uh, or concussion-related injuries um, here in our clinic. I'm, it's one of those things that can happen at any point in uh, contact sports specifically as well as just regular life. If you live an active lifestyle, that's one of the things that, that could happen. Uh, it does happen in football, and it's, it's not terribly uncommon just in, in all sports. Right. Anything else we should know about concussion? Any signs or anything for a parent after a game that we should know about? Sure. I think one of the big things and one of the big successes uh, recently is that education is a lot better. Um, So the information that's out there is a lot more open and honest. Uh, I think my best advice is that if there's any signs or symptoms, anything that makes um, coaches, athletes themselves, or families uncomfortable that they should seek um, medical attention. Um, and I always encourage people to try and seek out um, people that regularly treat concussions. So clinicians that are well-versed in the overall injury itself, um, all the way from diagnosis, treatment, and then return to play. Mm-hmm. All right. Really good point. So let's talk about heat-related injuries, too. You know, we love our football around here, but unfortunately, really hot. So players are starting practice in the hot summer sun and can quickly overheat. Talk about heat-related injuries. You know, that, that's something that I think we kind of overlook a little bit, but really important to understand. Is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, acclimatization is a big deal. So when we first get started in the early weeks and days of practice, when it can be exceptionally hot. Here in Texas, it feels like it stays hot forever, Um, but something that you need to definitely be aware of. Um, One of the most preventable injuries in all of sports is heat-related injuries, and they can be significant, Um, something that should not be taken lightly by any means, and that's why you see some regulation specific to how we go about the early weeks of practice, but definitely something that... uh, Families, again, coaches specifically, and athletes themselves need to be aware of. Uh, Again, that open, honest communication is really important to be able to talk with athletes and to be able to look at their overall performance throughout the weeks and days. All those cumulative uh, incidences make a difference. All right, you've done a great job of laying out the whole landscape of football-related injury. So let's talk about prevention now. Can you share some strategies to help prevent football injuries? Sure. The biggest target, biggest take-home for everyone should be that we're constantly in a battle with fatigue, Um, whether that is mental fatigue or physical fatigue. um, Both are very important strategies to prevent that. Um, We're looking at overall exposure. So being prepared for the next bout or the next next exposure, the next game, the next practice. So being an active participant in your overall recovery so that you're prepared for that next challenge, I think is probably the biggest take home for people. 
Um, if you look at really successful athletes, the ones that are on that elite level, that that's where they make the biggest difference is in their preparation. So you just mentioned being ready for the next game, being ready for the next practice. Can you share with us some recovery strategies then? Absolutely. So things that we look at specifically, sleep, sleep patterns, are you getting enough sleep? That's really where your body repairs the most. Uh, how are you eating? Are you eating enough? Are you eating the correct amount? Um, so we, we talk about eating the rainbow and that you're eating a, a different variety of fruits and vegetables, proteins and carbs, and then being able to watch your hydration. Again, going back to that heat-related issues, uh, are you replacing what you've lost from a sweat content standpoint? Other things like cold baths, we have a number of different modalities here that we use. That might not be something that everyone's going to have at their corner store, but are very valuable um, that can aid in the overall recovery process. But again, being an active participant in your own recovery is a, is a huge win for people. Yeah, that's a really good point. You are in charge of you, so take care of yourself. Be an active participant in your recovery. Jeff, thank you so much. It's been very interesting talking with you today. Absolutely. Pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. And thanks for listening to Children's Health Checkup. From orthopedics and fracture care to rehabilitation and training, the Children's Health Andrews Institute for Orthopedics and Sports Medicine offers a full continuum of care for athletes and aims to reduce the number of children being sidelined from injury. To learn more, please visit childrens.com slash Andrews. And if you found this podcast helpful, please rate and review and share the episode. And please follow Children's Health on your social channels. This is Children's Health Checkup. Thanks for listening.